operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Okay, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley and I have a person on the line. I don't know his name. I haven't spoken to him in a long, long time. I think it's Antonio D'Aliberto. Who are you? Very close, mate. Very close. Um... That is actually my name, Antonio. Yes. You've done you've done very well there, and you've probably alerted many of our fans to this uh, unknown fact that my name is actually Antonio. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm glad to be back on the pod. I'm a big fan. I've been for a long time. <laughs> right. I've just been waiting, waiting Especially- for my uh, my uh, phone call to come back on. Especially those first hundred odd episodes. You you really oh. like those ones. They were amazing. That that co-host you had was incredible. Tony um, guy, it's, yeah, it's it's got a bit loose since then. You know, I've missed a couple of episodes here and there, but um, generally I've I've kept in touch. But it's great to be on. We've got lots to talk about, and I've, it just feels like I'm back in the groove already. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You would certainly just before we came online, and, you were whinging at me that I hadn't sent you a link and come on, let's yeah. get going. And you're not ready. You're not organised. <laughs> <laughs> I felt right at home. Has not changed one little bit. Um, how have you been? Because been good, right? You've been good. Okay, that's good. Because uh, you know we haven't really we haven't spoken on the pod obviously for a little while, but we do talk almost every day. Yeah, um, maybe every second day. Um, funnily enough, when I did leave the show, and a lot of people talked to me about it. So what, what's going on? Are you, are you and Grant not Falling friends out. anymore? You're not friends anymore. I said, no, not at all. Absolutely not at all. Mm, yeah. I know. I could imagine there would have been some people who would have loved to have heard that. <laughs> okay, that's an in-joke. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I think uh, nothing much has really changed in our world. You call no. me and ask me to do all these things in exchange for zero dollars. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, no, no, it's all good. All good in in our hood, and we had uh, we had some cool racing over the weekend. I was up in Darwin, sunned myself. You um, lucky bastard! Oh, it was. Oh. Uh, it's just so hot up there. You you forget being down here in Melbourne, freezing cold. Particularly over the last few months, it's just been oh. ridiculously cold. Crap, and absolutely crap. And you just can't wait to get up there. And as soon as you get up there, you realise, oh, that's right, it's uncomfortably hot. <laughs> it's it's actually hard to deal with. Take me back to the freezing cold. I don't think I ever really seriously thought about that. It was great to don the shorts and wear the t-shirt and show uh, show the Northern Territory in my pasty white legs. Um, but I think we were actually treated to some really cool supercars racing. Actually, a really great event in total. And uh, yeah, what were your thoughts sitting at home in the uh, freezing cold? I shouldn't say freezing cold because you probably had the fire on and like a nice yeah. glass of red wine and a cigar or something. Now, no cigar, but we did um, put the fire pit on on Sunday and uh, I finished off watching a, a pretty epic race, to be honest. Um, it was pretty good viewing from the couch. Great weekend for Shell V-Power, which I was obviously happy about. They had a pretty pretty average weekend at Winton the, the prior round. And to bounce back like that, I thought was was awesome. They've, they've been quick there in the past, but I think probably the, the most special part of the weekend was Will Davison getting pole position for his 500th race i thought was just so fitting and he mm. really earned it you know he he um he was the quickest car he did it in qualifying and the shootout 
as much as, you know, I love to see Anton win races, my teammate, I sort of felt um, uh, a little bit sad that Will didn't win it. You know, um, I think it would have been amazing him for him to get pole and get the race win. But I think deep down, Will probably wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I don't think he would have wanted it handed to him. You know, he's not that type of guy. He's not that type of driver. He, he wants, he's hardened himself and, you know, he would have wanted to earn it. So great weekend for those guys. But, you know, usual culprits at the front. Yeah. Um, I thought a very, it was a very good bounce back for Cameron Waters. He had a really crappy Saturday, was just nowhere, like off the pace. And then to come out Sunday, win the first race and be right in the mix, I thought that showed probably a bit more consistency than what they've had. Um, obviously they had a great Winton, but we see this from Tickford, you know, they, one minute they're going good. Next minute they're right down the back and they don't understand why mm. maybe they're starting to get a bit more understanding of what makes it tick. And I think Cam's driving really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, right up in the, uh, that top few, top few guys, he's third in the title. Uh, a bunch of Mustangs hunting down Shane Van Gisberg. And it's funny that we don't talk about Van Gis in the opening couple of sentences. You know, typically he's taken at least one or two of the wins over a three race uh, format and no wins for him. And uh, Anton has pegged back a, a few points in the title. So really uh, shaping up there. And um, obviously Chaz taking that last <clears> race, they had the uh, biggest roller coaster of the weekend with two penalties. Um, oh. and, and yeah, some reasonable pace, but, uh, so what was the second out, penalty? Well, he had the first penalty from practice two. I think he had his time taken away oh. after being fastest. So, and the tire uh, pressure was at the right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they had the fans on the grid. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was a, a nice comeback from those guys. Um, and, uh, and a really cool win as well, because he'd pitted so early and he'd taken yeah. two tires and all of that. We've, we've seen it all, right. We've seen it all. Um, I guess the one thing we didn't see coming was the big news. Well, certainly big in the supercars sphere with Gary Jacobson coming out of that weekend and not having a drive basically two days after he'd packed up his helmet and, and headed back home. So, uh, sort of came as a bit of a shock. Peter Zibris has come in and taken over ownership of what was Team Sydney. It's now Premier Racing. He's got Gary, had Gary Jacobson and, and Chris Pither in, in his two cars. And he looks like a hard taskmaster. Like uh, he's um, making big moves. He's got a couple of new guys on board. Matty Cook is now uh, team principal, effectively, running the show. He's got a couple of ex Triple Eight guys who have gone to go work there as part of the crew. He's He's building up a a team that obviously has the intention of trying to compete for consistent top tens one day, top fives, and, and I'm sure race wins and uh, the, the ax falling on Gary's neck is potentially that the, one of the first key steps that we're going to see, you know, don't perform and you're, you're going to cop it. Yeah. It's an interesting move, especially in his first year of ownership. It's clear what he's trying to do with the team. He's trying to build, a team that's capable of winning races and, you know, eventually maybe even winning a championship. Who knows? That team might be a team to be part of in the future and um, a real powerhouse. But um, sounds, you know, like you're, sounds like a little um, audition there. Is that, is that <laughs> like you just offering your services just in case? Is that, is that your 2023 plan? 
No, no, no. They've got my number. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they did call me earlier this year, to be honest, um, but I was already tied up. So that was nice of them. Um, but I think uh, obviously something's gone off. You know, no doubt. Why would you get rid of Gary in this first year of building this team? You know, and, unless he has a, a driver he desperately wants to put in the car that he thinks is going to do a better job. Or is he just going to put somebody else to fill the seat for the remainder of the year and then work it out next year? So, I mean, if that's the case, then obviously there's been a fallout with um, with Gary and um, Peter's not happy with how he's performing or what's going on. Didn't wasn't there a bit of contact on the weekend? I'd I'd heard about it, but I didn't uh, see. It. Yeah, Gary had a couple of minor minor little ones, but uh, I guess the that last race where him and Zach Best were having a bit of a ding dong for effectively P nowhere and. Uh, Zach Best ended up in the fence. Gary copped a penalty for it. It was all pretty lame. Uh, it does action. seem to be like the same blokes crashing at the back of the field. Like, honestly, like when it just always seems to be the same dudes in trouble all the time. Um, and may, maybe that was, you know, Peter was just sick of fixing the car. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know if Gary's been involved in too much. Uh, carnage he's had a few dnfs as the season's gone on but all uh mechanicals not necessarily uh wheels hanging off the thing yeah i kind of feel for gary it has come as a little bit of a shock but um you know potentially even for him as well i don't even know if he was called about it so mm. it'd be um, nice it'd be nice to get his version of the story because we've just heard heard it from one side um, we're all making assumptions what's happened so it'd be good to hear from gary and for him to put some of those rumors to bed. Cool. Um, yeah. Let's, let's call yeah. him. You got his number? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I don't know if he's in the mood to, uh, to talk just yet. <laughs> uh, might give him a few days to uh, digest the news. Um, so yeah. So that was a, uh, that was a little bit of a shock. Hmm. Otherwise there was other racing going on, but look, most people listening to this podcast of course it's powered by race fuels tony just in just in case you had uh, forgotten um we uh we had um s five thousands. yeah we had heaps of those but we don't need to talk about any of those oh, okay what, what okay. i want to do is the listeners kind of want to know what what you've been up to so oh, yeah you know after our massive falling out and you've moved <laughs> on and you've moved on and you've, you've stopped uh, taking my calls Mm. you i mean you call me i take your calls yeah yeah um but you've uh, i think since the last time we, i think we had a tcr round up in sydney you're still leading that title mm. you confirmed it uh at djr to do some enduro racing again or one endurance race mm. it's really not that far away um but uh, there is a bit of a gap now before you go TCR racing again at Queensland Raceway at the start of August. How are you feeling in your time, or and and how's uh, life post full time pod? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have my uh, Wednesdays back or Mondays whenever we were doing it. That's that's nice. Uh, definitely filling it up with plenty of uh, work. Fairly busy at work, but not too crazy. Not too crazy. Lately, though after Sydney Motorsport Park, Steph went away for two and a half weeks. Mm. So she went on a work trip. And when I say a work trip, she pretty much just traveled around Europe and um, had a great time. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in Prada and 
Yeah. Uh, Louis Vuitton shops. Yes. Yes. And it was a work trip. So um, it was all legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to stay home, look after the boys basically. And that's fine, but it, it couldn't have gone any worse. Um, oh. My youngest son, Hugh, he had um, conjunctivitis. He had an ear infection and he had gastro in one week. Oh. It was a horrendous week. So uh, he wasn't really sleeping. And then I had to try and uh, take days off work and try and manage it all. Cause he wasn't allowed to go back to childcare. I tried to send him to childcare. I Just did pump, the old pump the him old up tr- full of exactly. Panadol. <laughs> and then, and then ignore the phone calls and they just kept ringing. Like you got to come and pick him up. He's no good. Oh, like, Oh, really? I'll be there at lunchtime. No, no, no. You need to come now. <sighs> okay. Mm. So um, yeah, besides all that, we're making uh, salami this weekend. So that's a little tradition that we keep on doing each year. So that's mm-hmm. fun. That's about it, really. I've actually, I've been enjoying having a little bit of time between rounds. It's been good. I've got a test day next week, DJR up oh, in nice. Queensland. Yeah. Great. yeah. On Tuesday, got a little, we tried to do a test day a couple of weeks ago after Sydney Mosport Park and it actually rained out. So that was the day that uh, Dick and Stephen and Jet drove um, the three Mustangs. That yeah. was actually a, that was actually a test day that day. So, um, but then it rained, so they cancelled it. Um, so yeah, we got a test day next week to fill that in. So it'd be good to actually get behind the wheel properly. Um, I haven't done a lot of laps in the supercar, but you're right, Bathurst isn't too far away. So the one thousand. Um, so you know, preparation, fitness, all that sort of stuff does start to ramp up a little bit more now. Um, and I'm looking forward to you know trying to finish off the TCR year uh as strong as we can you know we're gonna have to lift our game a little bit to try and maintain the lead but um everything's going okay at the moment so we'll just knuckle down and see what see how we end up i like it very good very good i'd say bathurst doesn't feel that far away but the queensland raceway round which is two months before it feels like forever away it does it really does and i'm, I'm getting some sneaky laps in to this test day whoa you know? how, I was, well, I, in the in the dj not not in the honda I was thinking about, I was thinking about just, you know, taking in my backpack and um, pulling it out on the test mm-hmm. day and doing a couple of laps. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. It'll fit. D- it's it's D- small. DJR got the track booked, you know, so that's good of them, kind of them. And, you know, I don't want to take up too much of Anton's precious time in the race car. So if I took the Honda, I could get quite a few laps in. Okay. It sounds like a plan. Have you spoken to David Wall about this? No. Okay, no, no, no. I'll, I'll send him the link to the pod and tell him to fast forward to about the 20 minute mark. And well, I'm sure the car's ready to go. You know, yeah, it, it only had about three wheels hanging off it in the last race at Sydney Motorsport Park. So I'm sure <laughs> it's ready to go right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had a, a crazy last race there. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, actually, um, we uh, while I was up in Darwin, mm. did the, um, uh, I was very sensible, of course, and uh, Played it very safe in the evenings because it's not beer, oh, beer drinking weather that, at all up at no the No way. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on the on the Sunday Sunday night, it was the Prenderfest. Prenderfest 2022. Uh, Nathan Prendergast farewell as the uh, head of the Supercars Media TV production. He's moving on to a uh, a global role in the new World Supercross uh, Championships that our uh, that our good mates. Adam Bailey and Ryan Sanderson are putting together. Uh, so Crazy. that's um, a, an awesome, awesome thing for for Nathan to be part of, obviously. But, uh, you know, all of those great Aussies that are 
that are uh, going to put their fingerprints on a, a new world motorsport concept. So uh, really cool for them to to uh, to sink their teeth into that. And uh, yeah, we're all uh, blazing away on the Sunday night. I had the two a.m. Monday morning flight home, oh, which geez. yeah, after a couple of um, sherbets, it's just no good. But terrible. Um, but you feel the, good for the first part of the flight. The best, the best bit of the whole thing, and the worst bit for some of the other supercars teams, in particular, I think it was Penrite Racing, or some of the Penrite Racing crew. They had a flight, a Monday afternoon flight. So they were able to go out on Sunday night, enjoy themselves, do whatever, relax on Monday and uh, catch a flight home. When they've caught this flight, there was a disgruntled um, Mm. person on the flight who has started to behave badly and they had to turn the flight around. Why? They had to turn the flight around. And they've landed again and couldn't get another flight out until the next morning. So they had to stay an extra night at the airport. Big, big pain, pain in the bum. All that's, that sort of stuff. that's disaster. Yeah. Um, and then there was, there was another delay for that next flight was when they were catching the, 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 the second flight home, the entire airport got evacuated and uh for some security breach so everybody every human soul inside the airport had to leave and then the entire airport had to line up again to go through checking oh they just had you know so so yeah i'm not sure if they came home on if they eventually got home on tuesday or wednesday but whatever the case it was a complete nightmare and we just we see so many flights cancelled now, and oh, oh, it's, it's, it's the, shit. Traveling shit. The post COVID world yeah. on flights is is difficult. It's difficult, and it's never a guarantee that uh, you know you've got your particular flight. And you know, pre COVID, you would just assume no, no worries, one hundred percent. You're going to get on that flight. You know, it might be 10, 15, 20 minutes delayed or whatever. Mm. But these days, the thing can just be taken away in a, in a moment's notice and uh, you're flying the next day or, or whatever the case, it's uh, it is a challenge. So you were sort of lucky that you got out on Sunday night or Monday morning. I was originally booked on a 1am Qantas flight and that got delayed till 4am. And just at the last minute for circuit for circumstances, I got pushed onto the two 2am Jetstar flight, which left only like half hour late or something. Oh, Anyway, the things we do to uh, follow and chase the sport we love. Speaking of uh, things that we love, I got the opportunity to talk to two really cool guys who are putting together a TV show based on the late 70s and early 80s era of Australian touring car racing. Unless you've been hiding. so, uh, So I think it was a year ago these guys launched an ambitious plan to put together a, a TV show, six one-hour TV program-style shows, and it's going to be called Blueprint. And it's based on the Ford versus Holden rivalry, real Australian classic early 80s theme, and it follows Ford's return to Australian touring car racing, Dick Johnson crashing into rocks, um, 
the the public giving cash, Ford matching dollar for dollar the cash to get him back on top, and then eventually winning the Bathurst One Thousand the year after. Crazy I, uh, history, real real awesome history. Certainly something that I grew up with. Um, you know that that was uh, that was really. My, my childhood, I was born in 1980, so I really didn't know what was going on at the time. Mm. But um, these two guys, really awesome guys, Rob Draper and Tony Rogers, they are the creators of Blueprint. Uh, so these are the guys who were involved in uh, Kenny. Remember the movie? Remember the Aussie movie Kenny? Shane Jacobson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were fixing up the, uh, old, uh, the, the toilet man. So they were, they've been a part of that. They've been a part of a whole bunch of other cool things and they're going to uh, effectively recreate these, uh, some stories behind the scenes who, uh, yeah, and bring this to life in a, in a way that we've, uh, we've never seen before. So I got the opportunity to talk to those two. It's an entertaining chat. Here they are. It is Rob Draper and Tony Rogers, the men behind Blueprint, and they're on Parked Up. Of course, we're powered by Race Fuels. Okay, we're on the Parked Up podcast, and we have Tony Rogers and Rob Draper. Now, these guys are the creators of an upcoming, very exciting drama series that is called Blueprint. It's going to... The, the, the main thing that has captured my attention here is when you go to their website, blueprintseries.com.au there's a big picture of a true blue falcon having a massive shunt after it's just collected a rock and climbed a fence i need to find out more about this tony rob how are you guys going thanks for coming on parked up we're great thanks, thanks for, having for having us, us. yeah so right who's rob, who's, who's uh, come up with rob this came to me rob came to me with the story so he sort of lived the story in a way so so, yeah. Rob, how did you live this story? What, what are you, what's your part in this? Well, my part is that, I mean, I grew up loving motor racing and Dick Johnston was the guy. I mean, I, I had, my father was a designer at Ford Motor Company, so I just grew up inundated with Ford, Ford, Ford Falcons, and Dick Johnston uh, was the hero. Peter Brock was the Holden guy. I'm more of that sort of the EB Falcon era. Yep. But the true blue legend was always was always around and that car as i was growing up i realized there was sort of drawings of it uh development drawings on the wall i'd hear my old man and some other people talking about it from from time to time but i never really realized what an amazing story there was behind that race car not mm -hmm. just what happened with dick and um and everyone knows the dick johnson story everyone knows about bathurst the rock and it's just a, such an amazing story that I couldn't believe no one had put it onto telly before. Mm. <laughs> well, and once I got, once I sort of, Rob came to me and, you know, once I, it, it probably took me a month to get my head right into it, but I kind of realised, hang on a minute, this, this sort of sounds like the story that, you know, like, yeah, just, it's just a great story. So it just works, you know, as a story. Excellent. So there's so many different things that happened in that uh, in that era of touring car racing, and and so many great things. How are you going to squeeze it all into six episodes? I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but uh, obviously super interested to to see it. So from someone who really wants to see this, what's what's the timeframes? How do 
you know, how far into it are you? And, uh, you know, we, is it yeah, we kick off in 1979 Bathurst when Brocky and Holden totally wiped the floor with Bathurst six laps, Brock smashes the lap record on the final lap and, and Ford drop out of motor racing and it's all gone. And we go from that stage right through to 1981 and um, see, the, see, the, see the true blue story in its fullest and see what happened behind the scenes. There are a bunch of pretty unknown stories that happened in backyards and workshops in broad meadows that with some pretty larger than life <laughs> characters that, that Aussie, everyone's going to love this story. I don't want to give away too much right now. Cool. No, 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 <laughs> de definitely, definitely don't give away too much. And the idea of uh, uncovering some things that we might not um, have, have heard about, but it was an iconic time and something that, um, Ford fans or Holden fans look back on that 79 win for Brock and the Holden dealer team was, was crushing. And it was um, in, in some ways a bit of retribution for what Ford had done a couple of years prior with the one, two result for, for Moffat and Bond. So a, a great period and really the absolute foundations or, or the cementing the foundations of that Ford and Holden rivalry. Yeah, and yeah, Dick John, and especially Dick versus Brock. That that's the big part of it for me too. I mean, such different personalities, such different. Uh, in nineteen eighty, you know, Brock had a lot going for him, and he had a great race car. They proved how good they were, and um, I bet they would have been a little shocked when a guy rocks up to Bathurst in nineteen eighty with a with a car that he built in his backyard in Brisbane. An old old police car, I think it was. <laughs> the next cop uh, car. Uh, <laughs> not too bad. Clearly going to yeah, clearly going to win the race by the you know the way it seemed at the time. <laughs> Until um, an unfortunate rock turned up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, obviously, also part of the part of a very cool legend that we've uh, we've got to live with for the past. 41, 42 years. Um, so how much help has uh, has Dick Johnson, the man, and, and those guys around actually helped with, uh, with the story as well as obviously your own family connections? Uh, he, he has been fantastic and, and, and he's, he's, he's been uh, very generous with his time and he's enthusiastic. I'm, I found myself late last year sitting in a Zoom call with Dick Johnson and Edsel Ford chatting about those days. I mean, it was just amazing. Mm. It was just amazing. So, so we've been really lucky. And that was a decision early on that um, I'd spent sort of a year developing the script and, and with tone. And we really had to take it to Dick Johnson to make sure we had his blessing or it wouldn't have been worth doing. Cool. Okay. So look, I'm a, um, I'm a motor racing guy. I'm not a TV guy. Now I don't know how long it takes to strap these things together, but how long does it take to, uh, to put this together? What are the timeframes? Well, COVID didn't help for a start. <laughs> I don't think it helped anyone really. <laughs> some pharmaceutical I mean, companies, I, mean, I think it helped. The show's being written at the moment. So that is a big plus. So we hope by next year we'll at least have six episodes in good shape so that's kind of a thing and then i think once you got your episodes done you're kind of ready to go but obviously we need money we need people on board to help us make it so yeah there's a lot of talking to be done 
yeah, cool. You know, um, we we'll possibly be making something by the end of next year, but you know, it really depends on the. the it, it, there's a fair bit of money required. It's an it's an ambitious TV show. Yeah, but I, I think people. It's one of those shows that's worth making. It's really I, I. I think there's been quite a lot of documentaries made about the supercars and the you know that period. But um, you know, it's there's so many stories to tell. I think that people wonder wish if you did do a series about it, what story would would you tell? And I think that's what's interesting about this one is I think it's a story that just it's easy to wrap up and and use you know in television just because yeah. of the way it works you know it's a bit like i mean ford versus ferrari came out let's face it they had a good story this is kind of like that in a way but different yep yeah better we think it's now very good well n- nothing better in uh in this part of the world than certainly in motoring terms than a good old ford versus holden yarn so um yeah i guess when racing guys like myself probably a lot of people listening to this podcast and they think about those those great films like ford versus ferrari recent films rush is another one um you know very very cinematic and you've got some some challenges to film what you've got because we're trying to recreate something that was 40 something years ago and in particular bathurst looks a lot different to how it uh, how it does today you can't just take the uh, take your old cameras up there and and film as it was because uh, there was probably more uh, chicken fence trying to keep cars inside the bounds <laughs> of the racetrack rather than the concrete walls that they've got there these days actually but uh, lakeside will be good for you because i don't think that thing's changed in 40 years yeah that that's correct like lakeside will be a bit better than bathurst a bit easier than bathurst but you know, movie magic, and we will be recreating Bathurst. I mean, we want to see that recreated—the pits, the track, the crowd. Um, it's uh, it's not going to be easy. But having we'll said it. that, we don't have to recreate the whole race. We just have to recreate, <laughs> you know, certain moments of it. There's lots of things you can do in film and TV to make things happen. Yep. I mean, it's also a great period. You know, late '70s, early '80s, visually a great period, and there's lots of reference. Let's face it, there's heaps of reference. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the the when when we talk about that uh, that era, we we did have a film in recent years. Uh, it must have been the last ten years. The Brock two parter. It copped its uh, it copped its critics certainly from the racing certainly from the racing side because of you know some of the stories weren't uh, some of the tales inside there weren't completely accurate. You know the visuals were you know also questionable but like certainly from an absolute historical point of view but i think racing people look at it and think hey i'm I'm gonna get a you know an exact uh, replica of what happened but tell tell me about some of those challenges that you will to to, you know try and bring the viewer and wind them back that 40 years well the the main thing i think is you've got to if you're going to be making a show like this you have to be motor racing fans you have to have lived it and you have to spend a lot of time making sure you get it right you have to speak to a lot of people and and uh, i i was i mean i didn't quite get to the other part of the story but i another part of growing up with this story from my point of view is i found out as i got older uh, that my father uh, was involved with the homologation the secret homologation of the XD Falcon. 
uh, with a, with his partner in crime at the time, Bob McWilliam. So finding out that uh, he had this small involvement with uh, with getting Ford back onto the track and the race car, it, it's I'm as determined as anybody to make sure this story gets told properly. I can't yeah. wait. My dad, also, my dad you know, can't like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we both, I mean, we love film. I mean, I think, you know, we both love film and TV, you know, cinema and television, but, um, you know, we're both petrol heads as well. So like I've got, I've, I love cars and motorbikes. Rob loves them. You know, we are obsessed. We're, we're obsessed by several different things, but yeah, to tell a story like this is fun. I mean, we were talking to the, when we were up at Bathurst, we we're talking to the classic, who are those guys with all the, the classic races? Um, Touring car oh, masters, maybe? Yeah. The muscle car masters. Yeah, and so there's a lot of cars out there, you know, like they seem very happy to help. Um, but there's a lot of cars out there um, that look the way they should. Mm. And so that's a start. We don't have to build lots of cars. No. <laughs> they do they, have... They, they do have... It. They do have, uh, there is quite a few of them and many of them, which still carry, which are the, the exact car. Um, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. As long as you don't, uh, as long as you don't smash it up. I don't know if the Bowdens will be too happy with the, uh, the true blue car gets, uh, gets fenced again, going up the, up the side. Of the <laughs> no, we can't fence it, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but hey, we. Uh, Post-production, you know, there's yeah. a lot of clip tricks, cinema tricks these days to do that and the whole the show is not all about racing anyway it's not all we're not just reproducing you know Bathurst 79 and 80 where there's a there's a, a, a very big story to be told and I think we've interviewed we've actually been all over the country and even to America to interview people that have involved with the story so I think we've got a sort of good handle on it from that point of view but yeah there's a lot to be told <laughs> And cool. I would have, I must admit, I would have never known, knew, I would have known nothing about this story except obviously thanks to, um, yeah, Rob's, you know, growing, growing up alongside the story. Yeah, what an incredible insight you had. And uh, it's great that part of your uh, childhood can be, uh, you know, hopefully recreated into, into something that uh, race fans and uh, and movie uh, TV watchers can uh, really enjoy. Who plays Dick Johnson? Tell me. <laughs> we can't announce any of that stuff yet, but but well, that's uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, Dick, Dick supplied a lot of great dialogue for us already. Oh, it's all yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, it's heaps of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, Jet Johnson actually might not be too bad. He'd be okay. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit too young to uh, play. Uh, well, I'm thinking we, we'll, we'll need a stunt driver. So if Jet's up for it, we are. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, I have no doubt the, the Johnson family will be more than happy to play any part uh, in it because, uh, yeah, look, it's just a uh, very cool piece of Australian sporting folklore. Yeah, what an, an amazing family they are. Uh, from what they, from, from where Dick and Jilly were at the end of 1979, broke, uh, without any hope, Dick's determined he's going to quit. And, and he, 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 he made the comeback of a lifetime and came back, had to hit a rock first, but, you know, it's just a remarkable, and that the outpouring of uh, sympathy on that live broadcast on Channel 7 with Mike, with, with Chris Economaki, and, and then the whole country calling in to, to offer help to Dick is just such an inspirational 
story. It is amazing nobody's done it yet. Yeah. And I'm happy they haven't because yeah, I don't I'm think happy there's anyone better to do it than us. And of course, along the way, we've let's not leave the women out of this. We've, you know, we've met Jilly along the way, and man, I mean, she's been there all the way. Like she really They're has. Real partners, like yeah. a true partnership with those yep. two. Mm. Yep. Hey, it'll be hard. It'll be hard to cast Jilly as well. I reckon. Oh, Actually, you know, there's some great people out there. I mean, that there really are some fantastic actors in this country. So yeah, awesome. Some of them unknown, some of them known, but yeah, there's lots of people. Hey. Oh no, we, we, I must. We have spoken to Shane Jacobson. Oh yeah, um, he's absolutely uh, on board. So there's personally yeah, <laughs> that we can. I mean, I don't think he'll mind me saying that. He's a he's a great guy. Well, and loves his race cars as well. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, cool. And uh, it'd, I'll, I'll, it'd be just love. Great to see him in this world. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. we have yeah. got a special role for him, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really not like nothing he's ever done before. Yeah. <laughs> this is an absolute tease, and I just want to keep asking questions. And I know you guys need to keep things uh, pretty tight, but. Uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, having no idea. How, my only uh, mo movie creation uh, experience is watching the the American TV show Entourage, which is one of my favourites, and that they <laughs> they make uh, TV making look uh, like really that. cool. Uh, but I'm sure it's uh, it's also a, a few um, non-truths in there as well. But um, if the hurdles can be, hopefully can be overcome and uh, this needs to be a part of our life, I, I just seriously can't wait. No, you're, this show has to happen and it mm. will. It will. Like we're determined to make sure this gets on to Aussie And also, we're also determined to make sure the style of the show is very Australian and it it, it kind of fits with the way people would like to see see it and and enjoy it you know it's not all it's not all drama there's comedy in there there's everything you know so it's, it's entertaining yeah, we've yeah. been saying sort of it's ford versus ferrari meets the castle yeah <laughs> <laughs> if uh yeah well and if the uh box office can um match up with those two things then i think you guys <laughs> should uh you'll have a nice new yacht as well <laughs> oh look you know probably don't need a yacht <laughs> okay cool just, this has got a car carrier <laughs> well you, you'd said it was going to be entertaining anything that is with dick johnson you know particularly from around those periods even the, even these days he's uh, still very quick-witted but um uh you yeah. know that dry laconic queensland it's a, sense of humor it's uh of the lines came out with as well they're just so like there's so many of them you know Slippery like that, what's that? You know, yeah, like you know, what, see, they had a bit of trouble with the back end of the, the, the Falcon for a while, and yeah, you remember for saying that, yeah, well, what's it like on the track? Well, it's going well, but it's like a dog on Lono. <laughs> <laughs> like he's coming out with those sorts of things all the time. There's some yep. beauty to YouTube, yeah. No, he's uh, he's an absolute rip up, he's a rip up, so he has, yeah. He has written quite a bit of stuff for the show as well, personally, throughout his life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. All right, guys. Hey, uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on to the Parked Up podcast. Most of our uh, listeners, I know, are big fans of old motorsport and to have uh, this story brought to our world in what would be such a, in what will be such a different way is uh, is something everyone's looking forward to. So we uh, we wish you 
uh, all the best strapping it together and we'll definitely grab you back on the pod uh, when, when, uh, when things are done and, and stories are written and you're getting a bit closer and, uh, and I'm happy to come and uh, uh, hold someone's handbag while you guys are making some, some scenes or whatever. Yeah. I reckon we might have a trailer early next year, at least, a, you know, a teaser on what, you know, the style of the show and how it's going to work. I love it. Perfect. Hey, Rob, Tony, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate thanks it. very much, Grant. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that was great to have uh, Rob and Tony uh, on the line there. Of course, uh, if you didn't quite pick up, Rob's uh, father was part of bringing uh, Ford back to Australian motorsport. He's got a real close affinity with it. Uh, he's uh, obviously got to spend a lot of time with uh, Dick Johnson, and uh, I can only imagine some of the cool tales that we'll be able to be told. It could be quite a... Uh, Quite a funny thing, emotional, all the highs and lows. Tony, they're sort of pitching it as like a Australia's version of Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, you drive for Dick Johnson Racing. Uh, you'll be uh, you'll be into it. I'll definitely be watching it. And and to be honest, it makes me feel a little bit proud to be driving for someone like Dick Johnson with so much history in the sport that we absolutely love. And growing up as kids, we idolise these guys. And um, you know, to see him still you know, really passionate. He loves being at the track. He loves being part of the team. Yeah, he's not as involved as what he used to be. Um, but it's not just him being a figurehead for the team either. Like he literally is invested in the whole thing. And I don't mean financially. I mean, just, you know, emotionally. He loves the guys getting results and he's just a racer. So it's very cool to be part of. And yeah, I'll definitely be watching it and, and supporting it. Cool. Okay, cool. So we've spoken about supercars. We've spoken about supercars drivers no longer being supercars drivers. We've spoken about mm. you. Mm. Let's talk about some Formula One because there's been plenty of that going on. Do you, is Can anyone beat Max from here or, or are we done? Are we cooked? Is this it? Max is champion? Oh, I think so. I think, I think that's probably right, but some pretty good racing over the weekend in Canada. Um, Good to see Carlos have a, a decent race and start to put a bit of pressure on Max there at the end of the race because he's had a pretty crap year, to be honest, really, considering the car that he's had um, and how you know competitive his teammates been. Good to see Mercedes going better, you know, but still nowhere near where, where they should be. Um, and it's just sort of strange to see Lewis getting excited about getting a podium when he's won <laughs> over 100 races. Like, yep. It's like he's given up. I, I don't know. Like he, he doesn't have the fight in him like uh, like George seems to have. I mean, I think obviously George is a lot younger than him, but I think Lewis just thinks, oh, well, the championship's done and dusted. You know, this isn't my year. I'm just going to ride it out and hopefully next year's going to be better. But he got a sniff of it on the weekend and you could see him lift. You could see him, you know, really just on the radio and his chat and all that stuff. He was, you know, amped up about getting a result. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of that this year. So I don't think the championship's wide open. I really don't. Maybe for second and third in the championship, I think Max has got it under control. You know, like he he just seems to have lifted himself into as many mistakes. Um, and he's, you know, right on the ragged edge. And I, and I really think at the end of the race here in Canada, he would have been pushing like crazy to try and break the DRS um, of, of um, science because you know, like one mistake and Carlos would have got him. Um, mm. So he needed to try and break that one second 
DRS zone um, to try and take some pressure off, but he couldn't. So um, whether or not that means that Ferrari is a faster car, I don't think so. You know, pretty hard to be pushing all all that wind in front of you and um, old mate behind you just got, you know, 20 or 30 Ks in a straight line on you. You're like, you know, I think um, they're probably quite even in pace really. But um, I think the next couple of races are going to be pretty strong for Ferrari. And I reckon Charles will be in the mix again. Obviously, he had his penalty on the weekend, had to start down the back. Um, he sort of took a long time to come through, really. Um, but still, yeah, solid points all for those guys. Mm, what do you reckon? Well, yeah. Look, the I guess the thing that I'm, uh, I'm not really stressed about what uh, what happened over the weekend. I like to always look forward, Tony. That is yes. the future is forward. Yes. And the future might see another Aussie on the grid. That's in a couple right. of rounds time. So well, didn't Oscar, they say next round? Well, they did originally say next round, but then I saw some more recent reports saying that he'll be in for the French Grand Prix, which uh, which might give Latifi uh, one more one more race in um, at the British Grand Prix, which is coming up next. Um, but all signs are pointing towards Oscar being in a car at some point real soon. Hmm. I think that's really exciting. Well deserved, obviously. He's um, you know, won everything he's he's put his backside in. So I think another year out would um maybe quite difficult for him to recover from. So um be good to see him get into the game. Um but I wonder what's gonna happen with Ricardo, really, you know, um, whether or not he'll he'll retain his seat for next year. Um, obviously, you know, with the Oscar coming in doesn't mean we can't have two Aussies on the grid, but hmm. I don't know. I feel like some of the momentum or the hype around Daniel has, has gone away a little bit at the moment. Be interesting to see whether he can recover from that. It doesn't take long for that hype to disappear. Nah. Nah, definitely you can not. Be, you, can be, you can be real hot at some point and, and you only need a, a few races to be not so hot and you go cold real fast. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cutthroat. So you've got all these critics and people you know, trying to pinch your seat they're they're adding fuel to the fire. So um, uh, I think da- oh yeah, Daniel's just got to try and beat Lando, and that's all he can do. So if he can keep doing that or do that a bit more regularly, that'd be nice. Um, he's much more likely. I mean, we we know that he's won Grand Prix before, so the guy knows how to do it. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, that McLaren just seems like a difficult car to drive. It just doesn't look good on track. Like looks hard. Lando does a very good job, but he's also grown up with it you know the car's sort of been engineered around him or what he likes and what he's comfortable with but um, for daniel coming in with a car that's already been you know down a certain path it's tricky so um yeah it's, it's proving harder than what i think he thought mm, well we'll have to wait and see what the future holds for daniel look he's still got a couple of good years in him as a mm, definitely as a formula one driver at the very least before and yeah, um, I don't know. Going yeah. back to Oscar, so he's going to jump into the Williams. Um, so is that where he'll be next year, you think? or Yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, there's not much room for him at uh, Alpine. I can't see nah. uh, Esteban Orcon will stay because I think he's got a deal. Yeah. And now Fernando Alonso is the one who doesn't have a deal, but he looks pretty damn good for a, uh, for a 40-year-old dude still pedaling around. <laughs> Formula it's, One cars at the uh, at the top level, he's yeah. he's going pretty good, and he also comes with that 
ex-world championship champion cachet as well. Hard to let him go, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's optimistic to think that it's between him and Oscar to get that seat, you know. I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably the two options, but I doubt they're going to get rid of Alonso. You know, the guy is generally out-qualifies um, Orcon. Like, Orcon, yeah. Orcon Steel. Is it Orcon? Ocon, Ocon, Ocon. Um, yeah, so he's doing a very good job. And we saw even at Melbourne, he almost put the thing on pole if he didn't have a mechanical failure. Um, and then to get a front row start on the weekend, like he's bloody good. Mm. He hasn't lost a bit of it. No, no, no. He did uh, dribble away back in the races when uh, that rain disappeared and, and uh, what have you. But uh, yeah, still proved that he can punt them around, no doubt. So some uh, yeah some interesting uh, silly season things there to uh, to discuss and of course interesting silly season things going on uh, in the Repco Supercars Championship as well. Uh, there was a bit of an update on uh, some of that and more in the uh, Parked Up Plus. Of course, that's every five pm with uh, the great man Mark Fogarty still punching on like Fernando Alonso, former world Jeez. former world champion, just still punching on. It's a bit older than 41, though. Jeez. <laughs> That's all right. Well, look, in journo to uh, race car driver years, mm. they're, you know, they're, they're similar. They're similar. Uh, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so what news is going on in supercars? Come on, hit me. Uh, oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. No, you have to listen to Parked Up, Parked Up oh. Plus to find out uh, what's going on there. But uh, it is, look, it, I guess it is a bit of a difficult time in the... Uh, in the news cycle, particularly Australian motorsport, there's there's little snippets of bits and pieces. And I guess that's why the Gary Jacobson thing came as such a shock. Because right now, they're like there's there's probably drivers like yourself considering what's going to happen in 2023. Maybe not so much like yourself, but you know, anyone who has got a genuine desire to be in the supercars championship is thinking about how they're going to be on that grid next year right now. So lots of conversations going on. But yeah, as we usually find these things, we need the top of the tree to figure out what they're doing and then the rest of it will will fall into place. I mean, there's a lot of chat about Will Brown and what what's going on there going to DJR and well, how how does Dick, how does DJR get rid of Will oh. Davo at the moment. That's a that's a that's a hard call. That's a hard call to make. Well, unless it's been made, I have absolutely no idea. I think it was actually you telling me about the whole Will Brown thing, and I was shocked. I was like, "What? Really? Not not nothing against Will Brown, but I think Davo's doing a bloody awesome job." Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then obviously Brody Kostecki, he's got ambitions to go overseas and go to America. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be a couple of seats there at um, Erebus. I feel sorry for Betty. <laughs> she, yeah. she takes a bit of a punt on some of these young blokes, gives them opportunity, lets them shine, and then they just fly away. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, look, I think uh, you wouldn't hold uh, something like Brody Kostecki going over to do a NASCAR or an American style thing. But yeah, yeah to to get poached within the uh, within the family within the uh, the, the same championship can be a bit hard to swallow. And uh, like, I don't know if you heard the comments from uh, Barry Ryan on Parked Up Plus. Of course, Tony, that's at 5pm every Of course Monday. I heard it. Thank yeah. you. Um, 
I hope you didn't have the kids in the car at the time. Uh, I hope they don't understand what beep, beep, beep means. <laughs> <laughs> All the senses. But uh, it's, it, is, it is true, though. And, like, they, gave, they took a, that team, Erebus, took a punt on Anton. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was probably at a time when no other decent team was going to take a punt on it on a young kid that we hadn't really seen uh, a great uh, a great deal of. So mm. full kudos to them and uh, DJR at the moment are the ones who are reaping the rewards for for him being brought into the uh, into the fray. That, that happens everywhere though. You look at Scotty McLaughlin. You know Gary Rogers brought him in, gave him a chance. He, he, he showed what he was capable of and Penske grabbed him. It, it happens all, and I'm, yeah, that's one example, but yeah. it would happen all the time. Absolutely all the time. I'm still waiting, but for, for my call up, but um, I'm hoping it's going to come soon. Well, if, if there's more mid-season uh, axings, then you, you'll be in a prime spot. Just jump, I, jump, jump in the seat, take your pick. If I didn't have a contract, I probably could have put my hand up, but um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, cool. Well, I mean, they are talking about Zane Goddard or Kurt Kostecki. They were the two drivers who many of the media publications have uh, linked to. But both of them have mm. uh, other enduro deals. Mm. So uh, I don't know what. So, so like, who, let's let's see if Zane Goddard get if Zane Goddard gets the drive and replaces Gary Jacobson. Yeah, does he leave that team at the end of that time? Not take the Tickford role. And, and stay with that team for the entire year? Or does he just drive with them up until Pukakawi and then go and fill up fill up his uh, Tickford slot that he's uh, committed to for the 1,000? No idea. Yeah. No idea. I mean, doing the stage of his career, it would be better for him to be doing championship rounds, I think. For getting sure. more mileage and, you know, trying to get himself back in the championship. You know, for those guys, a co-drive is is great, but it's not their, it's not their the stage of their career they're at that they want to try and be at. So, I think it'd be better for them to grab a full-time seat and and give up the co-drive. You know, um, yeah. But I mean, we don't even know if they're the guys in line. It's just speculation. No, no that's right. That's right. We let all the other journos do the hard work, and we'll just <laughs> re- recite what they've got going on. Um, yeah, maybe what, Fabian could go back. That I was just about to say, maybe Fabian could go back to the the bones of the team that he was at. Uh, don't know, don't know, don't know how it'd go down. I don't know if it went down so well last time he was there. Yeah, well, I think the team has pretty much been gutted now, though. Yeah, has it not? Yeah, yeah. And I know he's good friends with Matty Cook, so who knows? I know Fabs would love to get back in next year, and that's what he's got his. Um, He's his eyes set on, so well, I might be able to get back in right now. Go Maybe. for it, Fabs. Do it, brother. Uh, a, he wants yeah. to concentrate on TCR. Yeah, because he <laughs> like he likes hanging out with me. Um, <laughs> no, it's a bit. Yeah, it's case by case. I mean, I think that's a different scenario as well. He's with Chaz Mostert, who won the Bathurst One Thousand last year. Well, sorry, I don't know if he's with Chaz, but he's with that team that won Bathurst mm. last year. Yeah, I assume he will be with Chaz. Yeah, I think that's you been confirmed. Think, I think I don't think nah, you're talking out of school there. Nah, I, I don't actually know, but I'm assuming it. I don't think it has. Hmm. Um, so you know, you got a very good shot at the one thousand. Shit, would you give that up? Mm. Yeah, but if he's if his heart's really set on going back to supercars next year, hmm. this is unless it was a multi multi year deal. 
Mm. Oh, well, anyway, there's uh, there's a bit going on, isn't there? Always something going on, Tony D. Uh, for, we, me, hey, for me, he would be the guy to pick. Yeah, right yeah, now? He, yeah. yeah cool. one, year, one year out, you know, there's no one that's as fresh as him. Yep. And then probably, you know, young enough to still do it justice, you know, like, but mm-hmm. you get Craig, you get Craig Lowndes, but um, he's probably he doesn't have as much passion for it anymore. Like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, and there's a couple of Super Two guys that you could have a look at as well. Is Zibris after who? someone who? who? Uh, so I think if you just go from the very time, so Matt Payne, you can forget because he's yeah. linked with the Groves. Yeah, I think Tyler Everingham, who's driving for the MW Motorsport. Crew has shown that he certainly has some decent pace. Really yeah, young kid, definitely. Uh, so I reckon he'd be okay. But either of the two Triple Eight drivers, you could probably look at mm. Cameron Hill but, or Declan but Fraser. But Fraser won't try. do it now that he's been signed up to do the one thousand with Craig Lowndes in that wild card. I think you'd almost have to write him off the list, maybe. But uh, mm. again, who knows? Yeah, I think it'd be good for the team to get someone with experience if they're trying to look for a direction. Cool. All right. Well, then lock in Fabian in the sub- <laughs> subway car. And hopefully he sticks with the uh, that Honda TCR program as well. With oh, all there's racing. no clashes. There's no clashes. So and then right. we can get subway discounts. We can get oh. cheaper subway. And you know I love subway. Nah, it won't happen. So, so in TCR, Fabs has the Stan Sport car. Mm-hmm. Have I got free Stan? No. <laughs> Has he got free Stan? Yes. Oh, well. <sighs> hey, do you get a free Honda? Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> do I get a free Honda? No. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can see where this is going. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's do like I get a, free? G- a- do you do you get free GB galvanizing? No, I have to pay for that actually. Okay. Good. <laughs> Well, they are they are a good long time supporter of yours. They are they are. I caught up with Vince today. Actually, he's, he's hey, no free it. plugs. All right, if Vince <laughs> wants a plug on this, he's going to have to pay for it. <laughs> uh, how how uh, is yeah. Vince? GB Galvanizing, a long time supporter uh, of yourself. They were with you when you did supercars. They're still with you now yep. um, on your TCR car. I think you'll find their logos on front bar, rear, three quarter yep. panel. I think. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Now they've been great supporters and good, you know, amazing family friends for a long time now. And, um, you know, they help out a few guys like myself and, and Dale Wood. But Vince does a bit of racing himself. So he does a lot of uh, state series racing. Um, yes. It's pr- pretty handy pedal. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the car he's got? He's got an MG. Um, I, don't, I don't know what model it is. The but thing is the a thing, weapon. Yeah, it is a weapon. I think he's actually sold that now. He's looking to see what he wants to do next. Um, but just super, a super two. Real, no, no, no. Just, oh, just he a could replace guy. Jacobson. <laughs> He's just a ripper guy. Isn't and uh, yeah, Johnny's brother is, is ripper as well. So uh, it's good to have support from those guys and they're local as well. So our business does a very small amount of business with them. We're, we're um, you know, small fry compared to who they look after um, companies such as Jayco and, you know, those sort of big mobs that are pumping out heaps and heaps of caravans every day, mm. but they still treat you just like you're as important as, as, as a Jayco. So um, yeah, awesome dudes. Cool. Okay, good. 
Well, next time we talk about GB galvanizing is when we're saying that the uh, podcast is powered by <laughs> GB galvanizing. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad that uh, despite all these weeks away, Tony, we've sort of fallen back into an easy rhythm. So you'll be back next week, right? <laughs> what are you laughing for? Do you know what? I, I purposely don't call you until about Thursday. Um, <laughs> to make sure case. the pod's out. <laughs> just in case you're like, oh, I've got no one for tonight or so-and-so's cancelled on me. I, I need you. And, and in fairness, we did try and do this a couple of weeks ago when mm. Steph was away and Hugh got gastro and then I got gastro yeah. as well. Yeah. And it came on like a bloody freight train. Like it come on so quick. Like we, we were going to do the pod and I got home about 4.30. My gut started to churn. And then by about six o'clock, I was lying on the floor. I could barely keep awake. Like I was gone. Mm. But then I come good fairly quickly. So yeah, um, well, yeah, you came good fairly quickly. As soon as I'd finished the pod or found a way yeah. to do it, you go, oh, geez, don't I feel oh, much better now? Oh, I feel so much better now. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, we have tried to do it a, a couple of uh, weeks in a row, but I'm glad that we've done tonight. No, like I said, I'll definitely, no dramas coming back. No dramas at all. There we go. Cool. I just owe you forever with uh, bits and pieces of, uh, I think the latest thing that you're after is a, a complimentary GoPro to stick wow. on Oscar's, uh, Oscar's little go-kart to, um, to, do some, yeah. to do some post-briefs. Well, we're, we're trying to um, obviously teach him a few racing lines and bits and pieces, but it's quite difficult from the sidelines. So I think if I get the GoPro on the go-kart, I can review the footage with him and try and start to show him where to place the cart. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you said you've got a couple of GoPros you want to get rid of. I'm a bit concerned they're about five or six years old, though. Oh, mate, they are in good nick. And if your son drives anything like yours, and they're probably going to end up in the weeds somewhere, like all smashed up. No, no, no. Probably, um, probably. <laughs> now, these are, they're, they're dispensable. And uh, if, if you, uh, and if it helps with his career and he makes it all the way to Formula One, then I will be with you <laughs> complimentary on the Dalberto yacht. You did get footage of uh, when he first got his first go-kart. Mm -hmm. So that'd be pretty cool footage. It was there he, from the start. Yeah, when he gets to Formula One and you'll be able to, you know how they got that cool footage of Lewis, you know, when he was karting. Like, I don't know about you, but when I started karting, I didn't have a photographer or a videographer following me around. But <laughs> yeah. these guys seem to have captured every moment. So, um, yeah, interesting. So uh, Oscar will be the same. Great. Okay. I've only got one little story to add to that. When I was doing karting, uh, I, I'd, uh, first few races I did in this really old shit box. Um, and, uh, dad went and bought this, uh, this other secondhand cart, which was a lot better than, than what I'd had. And as soon as we put it on the track, we knew, okay, cool. We're in the game here. And I asked my, my grandmother to come down to, uh, to come and watch the race She'd been to a couple of test days or races beforehand. And I'd said, oh, I'd really like you to come down. Uh, Grant, can you come and do that? And she said, oh, thank you so much for inviting me, Grant. You know, I'd love to come down. And I said, okay, cool. Well, P.S., can you also bring your, your little handy cam and, and film the races? Oh, that's all you want me for there, Grant, is just to film your races. I went, yep, Grant, yeah. you've, you've seen right through what I was uh, what I was trying to pitch here. Uh, she did the right. She did the uh, the best thing and stood in the middle of Kembla Grange track down there near Wollongong and filmed the entire race. 
last lap, I think I was sixth or fifth or something. And I thought I'd have a big dive bomb and try and make it into a uh, podium position. And right in front of her planted my cart right on top of this poor <laughs> other dude's back. <laughs> um, I thought yeah. you were going to say you took Grant out. No, 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 no. I ran into it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't take her out. But uh, I think the you can hear all these cards buzzing around, and then just when I do do the shunt, uh, you hear her go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So um, I really disgraced the family name on that day, but it was uh, good memories anyway. Carding, uh, good stuff, and uh, yeah. yeah. Let's get Oscar uh, right to the very, uh, very, very top. Maybe not the top of carding. It's damn expensive. Oh. We haven't got there yet, so um, we, we're just taking it really, really, really easy. I think the only thing that I've bought for it is a bit, bit of petrol. And that's Ra- it. Race fuels, obviously. Oh, it'd be good if I could put a sticker on the go-kart. We'd get it for free, yeah? <laughs> uh, you talk to Mark Tierney, he'll, uh, he'll no doubt look after you. He looks after everybody in the game. So does. Uh, make sure you use race fuels, of course, the very best. Uh, make your car, cart, all those things go the best talk to race fields tony d thank you so much for coming back on um awesome to talk to you for this episode of parked up and i'll see you next week mm, i don't <laughs> think so i don't think so what number are you up to now i think this is 130 jeez but really... folks folks is adding yeah. he's, he's adding a couple of extras on there too yeah right so really Amazing. it's probably i think it's at about 115 uh back in our old um metrics Okay. It was still very good. Very good. Yeah. Okay. See you, everyone. See you, mate. You've just listened to another Network R production. 